Welcome back, bass players and musicians of the world at large. I'm Wyatt Walker Ware, and you are listening to episode 7 of the Better Bass Podcast. Today's topic is something I briefly touched on in the last episode, in episode 6, the music theory episode, that I wanted to expand on and I wanted to get get a little deeper into because it's really, really relevant to all of us, and that is information overload and the unique challenges we face. Let's call them unique challenges. I could use uh, harsher words for sure. The challenges we face of being bass players and of being musicians and of trying to learn and study music in the age of the internet and in the age of unlimited access to all information all the time. I'll just start here. I'll start with this. How many times have you seen a YouTube video titled, One Simple Trick to Instantly Transform Your Bass Playing, or Top 3 Music Hacks Every Bass Player Needs to Know? How many times have you seen this with a, you know, a thumbnail with uh, some dude with a bass in his hand with making some ridiculously exaggerated flabbergasted face like he's just he's just so wowed at uh, at the concept of this one hack that instantly transformed his bass playing. It's just ridiculous to me. All of this is really it's it's insane. The the clickbait has become smarter than us, really in the fact that this is the norm now. I'm 23 years old. I'm young. I grew up with this stuff. When I started teaching myself bass, YouTube was very much a well-established platform. This was all there. All the content was present. But at the time, I felt like as a, you know, as a card-carrying member of Gen Z, I had a pretty good clickbait filter on, and I could tell by the way that a video, the way that a piece of educational content in general, a video, an article, whatever it happened to be, if it was going to actually teach me something useful or if it was all going to be bullshit within a few seconds of looking at the title and the thumbnail. Nowadays, that's different. The people in the world of music and the people in the world of music education putting out really genuine, really great stuff have all been forced to resort to the clickbait style by the the refinement, quote-unquote refinement, that's not a word that I like to apply to this, of the YouTube algorithm and of social media algorithms in general. And honestly, other social media is, is much, much worse. Instagram is way worse. 30-second clips disguising themselves as lessons that, like, it, it baffles me that people think they're really going to learn anything deep, anything of any consequence about music and about the process of learning in a 30-second video. Or with Reels, I guess it's 25 seconds now. That's the uh, supposed best practice guideline. So everything I post on Instagram is less than 25 seconds, and if I ever post anything longer form, it gets, you know, 100 views and 10 likes. And I've tried in the past to use Instagram Reels to create little mini-lessons, 25-second mini-lessons, with the the little scrolling captions and everything, but by the time I get done with something like that and I look at it and I look at it, try to put myself in an outsider's perspective, I say, this is not useful to me. I'm going to try to do this once or twice and either think I've got it and I've mastered it, or... I'm going to get frustrated and quit immediately. 
And that's why I started producing this podcast. That's why I went this route and started doing this show, is to feel like I can actually put something useful out there and give the caveats and give the the disclaimers and set realistic expectations for how concepts are going to be practiced and the amount of work that goes into this. The amount of work that goes into being a musician, that goes into being an artist, and truly how many hours and how much effort it takes to improve. And that's the fundamental problem with the YouTube clickbait videos, is that they set no expectation of hard work, and there's no realism about it. They say, even if there is good information, even if there are good concepts contained in this content, which there, there often are, there are people out there who create great stuff and teach great lessons, but what there almost never is, is saying, hey, it's probably going to take you five weeks of doing this for 20 minutes a day in order to get it to a passable level. Almost nobody ever says that. The tips, tricks, and hacks style of video, style of education, promises instant gratification, it promises immediate change, and it causes you to set an unrealistic expectation on yourself that you say, oh, I'm just going to apply this hack, I'm just going to do this one thing different with my technique, or this one thing different with the way I construct bass lines, and I'm instantly going to sound ten times better, and that's just never true. As soon as you change something about your bass playing, it's not going to be as comfortable for you as the way that you were playing before, and you're going to need to work your way into it. You're going to need to figure out how to apply these new concepts, get these concepts in your ears, under your fingers, and just take the time. And that leads to the information overload experience. That leads into the YouTube rabbit hole and the Instagram doom scrolling that... You just are being fed so much information, again, most of it useless information, all the time, every day, that it takes away from actual practice time and it takes away from putting in the time to actually apply anything. And it builds a vicious cycle. It really builds a vicious cycle of promise of instant gratification resulting in lack of attention span, lack of attention to detail, resulting in failure, resulting in discouragement, leading to less time spent working on things, less time spent refining our craft, and more time seeking out the next hack, seeking out the next uh, the next easy trick that we can apply to change our bass playing and improve as musicians when there are none. That's reality. There are no hacks. There is no instant gratification in art. There is nothing that you can do that's going to take you 30 seconds to figure out and apply fully and be done with it. I still practice the same things over and over, sometimes literally the same physical patterns, scale patterns and arpeggios and things and chord shapes that I have been practicing for five or six years. Since the very, very beginning of my journey on the bass, I still find them useful and I still find flaws when I play them. I still find things to refine all the time. And that expectation needs to be set earlier. People who are pursuing music and people who are pursuing art need to respect the process. 
And nobody talks about this. Nobody talks about the process. Nobody talks about all the hours that they put in. This isn't seen because it's discouraging to somebody who's new to this. It's discouraging to to somebody who's new to the base to say, oh, how long did it take you to learn to do that? Well, four hours a day for five years. That's a daunting task. That's a daunting task to overcome. And I've learned very slowly over time, I've had to condition myself to just see it as a challenge and see it as a healthy challenge and a great thing that this is endless and this is something that I can continue pursuing for my entire lifetime and I'm never going to be quote-unquote all the way there. I'm never going to be all the way where I want to be. I'm always going to have something new to learn. I'm always going to have something that I can't do on the instrument that I want to be able to do or something that I can't do in a musical context that I want to be able to do. There will always be more songs to learn. There will always be more music to hear. There will always be more sound to explore. It's a limitless world, and I prefer to think of it that way. I prefer to think of it as, here's this challenge that's set in front of me. I'm going to find my path through it. I'm going to forge my path through it instead of, oh no, here's this massive challenge that's set before me. And in order to get to the level of this other musician getting into the comparative mindset, I'm going to have to put in X number of thousands of hours and I have so much more work to do and it's so discouraging. No. The work is the encouragement. The process is the encouragement, and the process is its own reward. I've certainly talked about the long-term mindset and discussed trusting the process before. That's That's certainly not a novel idea, and that's not a novel idea among anybody who practices an art form as obsessively as I do. But in the contemporary social media context, in the contemporary clickbait context, The only thing we see is the result of the process. That's the only thing we're shown. We're shown this 30-second shredding clip of some guitar player playing a a huge number of 30-second notes over a pentatonic scale at a ridiculous tempo, and we don't see that he worked on that lick for days and days on end, probably, and that he worked his way up over the course of years to be able to play like that. We only see the result, and we see, oh, well, okay, that's the standard, that's what I gotta do, and I guess I'm just gonna go hate myself because I can't play like this one guy I saw play for 30 seconds on Instagram. That's another kind of discouragement that we face from social media, and... It's worse now than it ever has been because, again, the recommendation algorithms have become smarter than us in a way that they make us feel just bad enough to keep clicking on things. And they make us just frustrated enough to keep on scrolling, keep on going to the next video looking for the thing that we want, when in reality we might get a little bit of entertainment value out of it, and we might get some serotonin hits here and there from a cute cat video or something, but the only thing we know we're going to get for certain is the next ad and the next random person trying to make money off of us and sell us something. It's a pretty widespread idea now that if something is free to use, then you are the product. If an application is free to use, then you are what's being sold. And I'm not going to get into 
sale and trading of user data and spyware and all that because I'm not I'm not an expert in it. But I think it's worth keeping in mind when we use social media. It's worth keeping in mind when we use these platforms, when we're scrolling through Instagram videos, when we're looking at YouTube, when we're looking at TikToks, that all of this is driven to somehow make money off of us. Every time we open these apps, somebody somewhere is putting some cash in their pockets because we open this app. Now, I'm catching myself here. I'm catching myself getting kind of dark in my ramblings. I want to move on to talking about what we can actually do about this and the solution to the information overload, or at least some ideas of a solution to the clickbait and to all of the useless information that we're fed. There's no completely getting away from it because, especially if you're someone like me and you're a professional musician who uses social media to promote themselves, you've got to use it. We're stuck with what we got. And I'm not saying not to use social media in general either. I think it's a great tool for many things, and even just for pure entertainment purposes. I follow and subscribe to people for purely entertainment content all the time. Ultimately, that's what I'm looking for when I watch a YouTube video or something. I'm very rarely looking for a lesson in anything. Occasionally, I'll look up a recipe for something I want to cook, but... Usually I'm just looking to, to, to have a laugh and have a good time and be entertained. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. What we can do is just be careful about the content we consume and be mindful of the bullshit out there. Be mindful of the meaningless things. Figure out what works for us in the practice room. Spend the time, spend the hours, do the repetition see the result of the repetition, learn to respect the process over time, and through that, learn to see through the tips, tricks, and hacks. Learn to not use these things, learn to not pay attention to them, and get filters on our brains so that we can be genuine, be true to ourselves, not be searching for something that doesn't exist. Moving back to my personal process and my own relationship with this, early on in my bass playing journey in consuming video after video and looking for the next the next hack, the next great thing that was going to totally change the way that I played and thought about the bass, I found myself just practicing different things every single day and never really sticking with anything never applying any consistency, never getting a sufficient degree of repetition anywhere to actually master anything. Master is a word that I use very loosely, but actually be able to play something at a level that I was satisfied with and get a sound out of the instrument that I actually wanted to hear. Now that I'm thinking about this, I actually didn't find that repetition and I didn't get that into my practice until I started working out of a book. I was turned on to the Rufus Reed book, The Evolving Bassist, absolutely fantastic piece of literature, written primarily from the perspective of the upright, but everything in there is also applicable to the electric bass except for some specific fingering things. Um, and just the first exercise in this book, this like 10 or 12 pages of, of bars of 4-4 four, four that's just increasingly complex, 
rhythmic combinations using the the four open strings of the bass. Really a brilliant uh a brilliant teaching piece really whipped my right hand into shape to begin with and when I started working out of that book and when I started working on that exercise getting as far as I could into it at the recommended starting tempo of of quarter note equals 50 or something getting as far as I could through that exercise every single day after about three weeks after 20 or 25 reps of going through that I felt a huge difference in my playing and it's not like it was immediate I used the three week number as when it was really starting to set in it of course doesn't hit all at once improvement and change in our playing and in our art is always gradual but I really felt the effect of that repetition I felt physical solidity on the instrument I felt one with the bass to to put it a, a cliche way I felt like my right hand really knew where it was supposed to go when. Finally, I had this thing that I'd been searching for that I had dug through thousands of tips, tricks, and hacks and copious amounts of useless information. I finally found what I was looking for, and I found it by trusting the process. I found it through repetition. I found it by sitting on the same concept for a really, really long time instead of moving on to the next video lesson and looking for the next thing to do. I found it by going into the beginning of that process with no expectations for myself, no unrealistic expectations set up front, no idea in my head that I was going to get some kind of instant gratification. And I got a great result, both in terms of self-satisfaction with my process and with the work I'd done and also in terms of objective improvement. Every single truly great musician, particularly every single truly great improviser, but really not even that because of course musicians who don't improvise great concert pianists repeat the same thing over and over. Every truly great musician has applied repetition extensively. Everyone who has mastered an instrument, everyone who has found themselves performing at a really, really high level in the world of music has done and played or sang the same things over and over and over for weeks on end. Nobody has ever gotten to be a truly, truly great player without that. I stand by those words. I'm not denying the existence of the, uh, the the Joey Alexanders and the Jacob Colliers of the world and people who truly do have very strong natural ability, but I would be really surprised if uh, either of those two hadn't repetitively practiced at least songs and transcriptions and music that they'd learned. The whole natural talent debate is a, a, a topic for a different episode. But what I encourage everyone to do, what I encourage all of my bass players listening to the podcast today to do, is be judicious with the content you consume. Make sure that that is not taking over your mindset when it comes to practicing and when it comes to playing your instrument. Make sure you are not in the mindset of tips, tricks, and hacks. And recognize that it's ultimately more important that you practice than it is what you practice. I've said this before, this is something I say like a mantra that is uh, originally a great mentor of mine, trumpet player Brad Good, teacher of mine in college, said to me, 
nothing that you practice is going to make you worse. If you are practicing something, and if you are putting active mental effort into improving something, and you're paying attention, and you're listening to yourself, and you're using the feedback that your ears are giving you as you play your instrument, then you will get better at that thing. And at the very least, even if you aren't actively getting better, and you aren't paying attention, and you're just mindlessly running through patterns on the instrument, you'll get more consistent And at worst, you might get a little more physically comfortable just by putting in time. So if you've never done this before, just take one thing, maybe a song that you know, a lick, a scale, anything. Play it every day on repeat for several minutes and do that for a week. Then do it for two weeks. See where it takes you. See how different playing your instrument feels when you do that see the reward in the process, and learn to respect the process. Coming in from the editing room with a little housekeeping here, if you're enjoying the show so far, be sure to subscribe to the mailing list on betterbass.substack.com. That'll get every episode delivered right to your inbox. And the Better Bass podcast is now on your favorite streaming services. We're live on Spotify. We're live on Apple Podcasts. I'll remember to include those links in the description for the episode. And again, if you're enjoying the show, leave a rating there. Really helps to grow this, really helps to allow me to keep putting this out there for you all. That's all I've got for you today. Let's all be better bass players together, and I'll see you in the next episode.